It is 7.04 Wednesday evening. That can mean only one thing indeed. The employment hour is here. Yeah, call that number. We'd love to talk to you. Got open lines. You have uh, severance concerns, employment concerns. Bring them on. Lior is here to answer all your calls right till 8 o'clock. Uh, email as well, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And always you can check out the severance pay calculator, severancepaycalculator.com as well. I'd like to start each show with the week that was. How was it, my friend? Hey, John. Thank you very much, and glad to be back here. Uh, The weather's getting warmer, slowly but surely, and I'm in a good mood. So let's talk about employment law. Let's answer some questions and educate and and inform, as we always do. If you haven't listened to us before, we talk about workplace rights. We try to help people that are in difficult situations with with their boss, with their job, if they lost their job, if they're worried about losing their job. This is the show. This is the time. Uh, we're here till 8 o'clock tonight. Uh, and uh, let me to start off, John, as you said, talk about the week that was. Actually, it was a, a really busy week. A lot of uh, good folks calling us, talking to us, asking questions. Uh, and the two matters that actually uh, uh, came across my desk over the past uh, few days. First one, a uh, very, uh, very difficult situation. Always uh, it makes me shake my head when I see cases like this. A uh, lady that's been off on a, a long-term disability uh, for uh, nearly two years, and a serious condition, serious back condition, and the insurance company, long-term disability insurance company, decides in its infinite wisdom that she should be cut off and she should be going back to work. Well, we think you're able to return to work. This is despite the fact that she can barely move. She, despite the fact she can barely get out of bed and make it to her kitchen, and despite the fact that her doctor is saying, "No, you cannot work, not even close." Well. The insurance company decides, too bad, we're going to cut you off because you can go back to work. Well, of course, John, at the same time, when her employer hears this from the insurance company, the employer starts saying, well, come back to work. If you're not coming back to work, well, then we're going to consider you to have quit. So we're going to give you a couple of weeks to come back to work. And if you don't, you're quitting and we're going to wish you farewell. She's very desperate. She's getting. Uh, she's going to get fired. She's going to uh, lose her insurance coverage. And that's when she calls me. And, and, you know, I, I speak to her and I tell her, well, first of all, if your insurance company is telling you something that goes against what the doctor is saying, well, they can't do that. Right. They can't cut you off. They may try to, but that's wrong. So we need to help you make sure that your insurance coverage continues. Beyond that, as relates to your employer, they can't simply say, well, the insurance company says you can come back to work, so you can. It doesn't matter what the insurance company says. It matters what her doctor says. Because her doctor said she can't come to work. She's not able to work. That's all that matters. And the insurance company's uh, doctor's opinion or their opinion is irrelevant. So this employer, if it's going to consider her to have resigned, quote unquote, because she's unable to work, that's a termination. They owe her severance. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, that could also be a human rights issue. So there's a bunch of issues here. And and myself, as well as a uh, my partner, Sivan Tumarkin, uh, we're going to be helping her over the next uh, few weeks and few months to help resolve this and get her the compensation that she's owed. But despite this as being a, a, such a serious matter, it's a common one. When insurance companies, uh, long-term disability insurance companies, threaten to cut people off or cut people off, actually, and that's immediately followed by an employer coming in and saying, well, we're going to consider you to have resigned or we're going to let you go. So remember, if you're in that situation, if you're on disability and any, anyone is threatening you, anyone is uh, cutting you off benefits, you give me a call. Let's deal with it. Let's resolve it. Yeah, it's one 821 5900 What else you got, pal? So I spoke uh, earlier this week with a salesperson. 
very nice guy and uh the way his uh he, he sold a bunch of products and the way he his compensation worked is he got commission if he achieved a certain amount over target so he had a target and he got a percentage of his sale over that target and right. that constituted a big part of his of his uh, overall compensation well what happened recently is the employer decided to discontinue a line of products no longer selling a certain line of products and unfortunately, that line of product formed a substantial portion of what this guy sold. Even though they got rid of that line of products, they kept his target the same. So in other words, for you to get commission, Mr. Salesperson, you still have to sell the same amount of product overall, even though we're going to give you less product to sell. Mm -hmm. So the net effect of that is he's not going to be able to get the same tar to meet the target. He's not going to be able to get the same commission. And that's when he called me saying, well, what do I do here? How am I going to survive in this situation where my compensation is tied to my commission and now I'm not going to be able to earn the commission that I need? Well, the reality is, John, is what I told him is that this is a constructive dismissal. If your employer decides to change how you operate, to change what you're going to have to sell, and because of that, you're going to make less money, well, that, that, that's something that can happen. They've changed the terms of employment. You can treat that as a constructive dismissal and leave and get severance. Right. This gentleman has been there for 18 years, so he's looking at significant compensation, potentially as much as two years' pay. So remember, anytime your employer changes the terms of, of compensation, it doesn't matter if it's directly or indirectly. You don't have to accept that. That could be a constructive dismissal, which means you're owed severance. We'll take a, a short break, my friend. The phone lines are wide open. Give us a call, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. We'll get to the severance pay calculator. We'll get into this whole business of independent contractors as well. We'll uh, clear some of that up for you here tonight as we continue. Just getting started and revved up here. The Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM 640. 713 yeah. on your Wednesday evening. Yeah, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Got uh, Katie. Hello, Katie. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. What's your concern? So my question is, for the last 19 years, I've been working for one specific company, but for the last three years, I've been on mental disability. <laughs> um, about a few months ago, my workplace called me and they were suggesting that maybe I could try work and see if I can even, if I'm even capable to work. I did uh, agree uh, after discussing everything with my doctor. Um, however, uh, when the workplace started looking for placement for me, they couldn't find anything for me and I have been laid off. Uh, my question is, um, the package that I received, it wasn't broken down into weeks or months. It was just lump sum of money. So I went to see a lawyer in Hamilton and I was told that um, I was eligible to receive 11 weeks, not 10 weeks. And they have given me eleven that I'm good to go. No, you you are you, not eligible for eleven. You're eligible for a lot more. So let, let's break this down a bit. Nineteen years, Katie. Uh, and how long? Uh, uh, sorry, uh, what kind of job were you doing? I was working in the IT field. Okay. And Katie, how old are you? I'm forty-seven. And just so I'm so I'm clear that I understand this, you were about to go back to work on some sort of a modified basis uh, at, at the company's request, and then they decided or or, or made the, the the realization that they don't have a position for you, so they just let you go. That's right. My my entire department has been eliminated, and they were apparently they said oh, they were looking for something for me, but they couldn't find anything. So they asked for a meeting, and at that meeting they gave me a package. 
So, Katie, let me tell you something. Uh, and forget about 11 weeks or 10 weeks. You're owed 18 months pay. Okay, 18 months, one eight. Uh, the, the key factors being your age, your position, and the length of your employment. The fact that they eliminated the department uh, means that there's, there's probably no human rights issues here. It's a legal termination, but they have to pay you severance, Katie. So anyone that told you anything else is insane. It's crazy. Uh, you're absolutely owed 18 months pay right around there. Uh, and it's very important that, that you and I take some time to, to discuss this. I want to see the letter that they gave you. Uh, okay. and, and get a bit more information. But we're talking okay. about significant amounts here. W- what was your salary, Katie? It was 51000 a year. Hmm. So well, I received, you know, 18 months so I, is... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm saying 18 months is right around 75000 And then how much no, did, uh, did you receive? I got 47000 yeah. minus 30% taxes. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, th- there you go. Uh, there you go. So you're owed significantly more. I, I do want to speak really? to you. There's a lot to discuss here. Absolutely. Okay. We're going to uh, give you that number, uh, Katie, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That is the number you want to call and follow up with Leora tomorrow would be uh, an excellent idea. So you just you threw that number out there pretty, uh, pretty quickly, pal. Give me uh, some details on the severance pay calculator again. Yeah, and, and the reason why I gave that number quickly is, is because uh, Katie shared three pieces of key information with me, her age, her position, and the length of her employment. So, John, the reason why I look at those things is because those are the factors, the main factors that go into deciding how much someone is owed. The longer you work, the older you are, and the more senior a position you have, the greater the entitlements. So, we're only on the air uh, a few times a week, an hour at a time. We're not on the air 24-7. Well, if you want to find out any time of the day or, or night how much you're owed, if you lost your job, or maybe you're just worried about losing your job, we made it easy. You can go to severancepaycalculator.com. Again, it's severancepaycalculator.com, and you input exactly those three pieces of information, your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and you're done. You find out exactly how much you're owed, uh, or or get a a very, very good estimate of that, and you know whether you're owed six months, eight months, 18 months like Katie, or anything else. It's such an effective tool. Uh, If if Katie had done that, she would have known even before speaking with me or, or with someone else how much she's owed, and she would have known that what they offered her was not even close. So severancepaycalculator.com, again, the first place you go to if you lost your job. Let's talk about and discuss what individuals should do, really do to be an independent contractor, because this is such a fuzzy area, and people call us all the time. They don't know, and they claim, oh, I've been an independent contractor for 30 years. Really, they haven't. So we'll go through some of these. I have written agreements setting out terms. How about that one? John, yes, and and you know, just a couple of comments here. Uh, I'm sure that in the years that you and I have done this show, we've probably had 100 callers at least yeah. uh, with those issues where they've called themselves or believe they were independent contractors, where they really are employees in the eyes of the law. And, you know, in my practice, in the office, I've had thousands of calls like that over the years where people are, are shocked to learn that the law considers them to be employees. So, so let's be very clear. The fact that you think you're an independent contractor or, or you signed a document that, that, uh, that says you're an independent contractor doesn't make you an independent contractor. Mm. It's always substance over form. If you work exclusively for a company, if you work for them full-time, uh, then you're probably an employee. Now, we're going to be talking then about what if you really want to be an independent contractor? Uh, then how do we do that? Well, as you said, one of the things you want to have is an agreement in place, a written agreement that sets out the terms, sets out exactly what the deal is, that may set out the fact that you're not going to work for them full-time, that you are eligible to work for others, 
uh, that's going to make it clear what your job is specifically and that you're not just going to do what someone else tells right. you because if you do, then you're an employee. So you want to have an agreement that sets that out and that makes you different than an employee. The key to being an independent contractor is not to be an employee. And, and of course, John, one of the main reasons why we want to be uh, we want to know whether we're an employee or an independent contractor is if we lose our job. If we lose our job, but we are really independent contractors, guess what? We don't get severance. But in so many cases, so many, most cases, when people are believing that they're an independent contractor and they lose their job, they really are employees, which means they get severance. We'll take a quick break. The number, phone line's wide open for you to call us. We'd love to hear from you. 416-870-6400, star 640. On your cell is a number. Get a hold of us, and we'll talk to you right up till 8 o'clock here in the employment hour. Look at uh, AM640 chopper, chopper traffic, pardon me, for Harvey Brooker's weight loss program. 724 here in employment hour. Yeah, outside of show hours as well. You can get a hold of Lior. The email is lior at employmenthour.com. Taking your phone calls, as always, throughout the show. Love to hear from you. John and Mississauga, good evening, sir. How you doing? Good. What's going on with you, pal? Um, well, my company got sold, and now the new guys want to take me on, but they don't want to give me a salary. They want me to put me basically as an agent and uh, continue dealing with their distributors, dealers. So <laughs> they only want to pay me a commission. So, John, so before an- this, this sale happened, you were an employee. Is that right? Well, I was uh, a a dealer. Before that, I was a distributor, and then I ended up being basically uh, the go-to guy. So I never uh, solidified anything, but I was there a long time, and they considered me a subcontractor. So I got rooked there. Okay. So so before you you became before before the sale, you were a subcontractor on paper. They uh, they didn't uh, withhold taxes for you. Is that right? I'm losing you for some reason. You're very quiet. Did they did they withhold taxes from you? Yes. Okay. okay. They withheld taxes, and uh, uh, what uh, what kind of hours were you working? My own, basically. But uh, you know, they expected me to be on the road a little bit and that. But right now, I'm dealing with the new guys. So the old guys, uh, I don't think anything will happen there. So. I was just concerned with this new thing they're saying. They'd like me to be an agent for the company. So ultimately, uh, John, this comes down to whether or not they're going to change the terms of, of the deal that you had. If, if they're going to change the arrangement that you had with the previous company, you, that may entitle you to say no, and you can get compensation. But we need to, to understand that. We need to delve into whether or not, in the eyes of the law, you could have been considered an employee before this change happened. So I, I want to speak to you before uh, off the air and get some more information because you may have been considered an employee, in which case you can say, no, I'm not going to be an agent. I'm only going to continue on the same basis that I was doing before or else I'm going to just leave and get my severance. So th- that's what we need to discuss, John. So uh, a lot to talk about. So hopefully you and I can connect off air, off air and do that. That number, uh, by the way, my friend, is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Kathy, you're on the air. Hi. Hello. Hi. How, how are, you? are you? Okay. Good. What's your concern? Okay, I um, worked for a company for fifteen or sorry, okay. eleven years. They were bought out. 
I worked for the company that bought them out for a year, but now I'm off on stress leave because they just expect too much. I handed in my resignation on a Tuesday, but the doctor said that, you know, that's not fair, that I should be off on stress leave. So he gave me a note on the Thursday when I went to him. And I just wondered, like, you know, if it's, you know, I'm entitled to severance pay or, you know, if I'm, you know, mess myself up by giving my notice. Okay, so I'm not sure... I'm not sure I understand completely, Kathy. So you gave a notice on a Tuesday, and then on the yes, Thursday you got a doctor. doctor's note, right? Yes. And you yes. gave them the doctor's note? Yes. And what did they say? And they oh, okay. You already gave your notice. So so if they say, well, too bad, it's too late now, You're, you've bad, already yeah. resigned. So if I understand yes. correctly, on the Thursday, you were trying to retract your resignation. You were trying to say, wait a second, I'm not really resigning. Yeah. Well, okay. I, was, I gave my notice due to stress. Yes. Okay. Uh, and initially, like, you know, they told us all these things when they took, were going to buy the building or buy, buy the company. They made all these promises, and they handed us these um offers of employment on the Friday and said we had to hand them in by the time we left on Friday. We had to sign them if we wanted a job on Monday. So we weren't given any time to right. contact an employment lawyer or, or anything. And so we had to, if we needed a job of any sort, we had to sign them and hand them in. And so everybody was you know, handed in the papers because you didn't have any, right? You know, but but other here's the key, Kathy. Here's the key. I I understand if you resign, if it's a real resignation that you've resigned and you're not owed anything. But here's the thing: when you resign or give a notice of resignation, if you take it back, uh, you know, reasonably quickly, and the company won't let you take it back, they say, no, no, we're still going to hold you to that resignation. At that at that point, in the eyes of the law, that becomes a termination. And now you're owed severance. And your case is, is, has an even uh, more significant factor, which is clearly the reason you gave that notice is you weren't well. You weren't feeling well. And they should have known when you gave him a doctor's note a couple of later, days later that obviously when you gave him that notice, you, you weren't really thinking clearly. You weren't you know, necessarily uh, operating uh, you know, with 100% capacity. So in, in right. my view, this would be a termination, Kathy. And you, you were there 11 years? 12. Well, you I could be owed easily five. a year's pay, Kathy. You could easily be yeah. owed a year's yeah. pay. So you and I definitely need to connect off air uh, because there's a, about a year's pay, potentially more than that at stake here. So a lot to talk about. And, and let's, let's move ahead and get you what you wrote. Yeah. And there was a lot of harassment from the new owners as well. Well, let's connect off air, Johnny. We'll give you the number right now, and I look forward to speaking to you. Copy that number, one 821 5900 We'll take a, a quick break here. Lots more coming up here. We've got open phone lines. If you want to call through, feel free. We'd love to talk to you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Employment hour till 8 o'clock tonight right here. It is 7.34. Yeah, your phone calls right till 8 o'clock. Love talking to you. Let's get right down to it, shall we? got uh, Terry on the line. Terry, good evening. Hey, Terry. 
Terry? Terry not there? Terry's Maybe not Terrence. home. Maybe Terry. Now we'll try him again. Hey, uh, Terry. How about, there you are. Terry? Hello. There you are. How you doing, pal? Not bad yourself. No, I'm good now. What's going on with you? Uh, just got one quick question mm-hmm. for him. Is there any statute of limitations on going back on a, an employer? Yes, uh, Terry. It's two years. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? So I'm not so well. <laughs> when when was your been? matter? Uh, 2011, 12. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, you're out of time, man. Uh, you, you are. It's two years and it's strict. There's no exceptions. Okay. Well, All right. Thanks, Terry. Appreciate that. Stephen, good, uh, good evening. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys oh, doing? Good, man. What's your concern tonight? Well, I had a, a job uh, a few years back that I requested a two month leave of absence for a family emergency. And the owner of the company said, because the two months that I was taking at the time were the busiest period for the company, it would have to deny my request, and basically if I chose to take a leave of absence, then I would have to resign. So I said to them, as stated in the letter that I had sent to them previously, I did send a letter stating two weeks ahead of time that I needed to take a leave of absence, and then I stated on their reply that I would have to resign, that I uh, would be leaving as I said, on which dates that I stated for the two months. And then they wrote back and said that, well, basically, you've been a good employee with us. So upon your return, uh, we promise you that we'll give you a position in the company again. It'll most likely be part-time. And our ultimate goal will be to give you full-time employment again. So I returned. They gave me one shift. And then they gave me a couple of week shifts because somebody was on holidays. And then there was nothing for almost two months. And then they offered me two or three days. And then I just said, well, I'm looking for full time. And then a few months later, I think it was exactly six months, they said, since you haven't been working with us for a while, that we're going to be sending you a record of employment. Yeah. So they basically said, that's it, it's over, you're no longer employed with us because you haven't worked for us. So I'm just wondering what, in that situation, was that really fair what they did to me? So so here's how it works, and it's quite interesting. Now, when you ask for the leave, legally speaking, they didn't have to allow you to take it. What I mean by that is they didn't have to say, yes, there's going to be a job for you when you come back. Well, but they did. And they, they did say that, and they, they did take you back on, on some sort of a basis. Now, right. when they let you go, when they said, that's it, you're done, that's a termination, and you're owed severance. And in fact, the severance that you're owed would account for all the time with the company, including the previous time. But here's the problem. The problem is, at the time that they let you go, you were making, obviously, not a lot of money, because as you said, you were working some part-time shifts. So the severance that you're going to be owed is going to be calculated on the basis of what you were earning right around the time that they let you go. So let's say your salary was $50,000 before you took the leave of absence, and maybe it was uh, $15,000 uh, when you came back. It's going to be calculated on the basis of, basis of, of the 15000 That said, you're still going to be owed compensation. How long total did you have with the company? About three and a half years. Okay, three and a half years. So you, you, you could be owed about six months' compensation, 
except that's going to be uh, based on, on what you were earning uh, at the time of uh, at the time the termination happened. What they did when I left on the leave of absence, they sent my record of employment to the government at that time. Yes, said that I had resigned, and then after I, the, uh, when I returned, and I hadn't worked for them for a while because they didn't offer me any shifts. They yes. sent another record of employment to the government saying that there was shortage of work. But then the government yeah, so, said that I couldn't collect unemployment because I was already terminated. And then okay. I just so, so, for a period of time. Yeah. And so we actually can deal with that because in the eyes of the law, that was not a resignation because they allowed you to come back to work. So for even for EI purpose, that should be continuous service. So let's let's connect and let's talk about how we deal with EI and how we get you whatever severance you are owed because obviously you've received nothing. So let's let's connect and do that. Uh, you are owed severance and your employment would be considered to be continuous. Stephen, appreciate the call. I'm going to give you a number to call uh, when the show is done. That is 1-855-821-5900. We're taking a little bit of a break here. Uh, more phone calls coming up. You want to call through? We've got some open lines. Sure, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. More of the Employment Hour just ahead, right up till 8 o'clock. It is 744. Getting to your calls here. Be patient. We will uh, get to you and answer all your concerns. We'll get to uh, Antonio now. Hello, Antonio. Hi, gentlemen. How are you doing this Good, evening? sir. What's your concern? Um, I have not been dismissed uh, from my employment. Uh, I've been at the company for approximately 13 years. It's a small company. It's a construction company. Uh, and it was recently officially sold. Uh, and I'm just wondering, does my 13-year term still apply in case there is uh, any issues of dismissal, or is it a brand new start for a new owner of the company? Excellent questions, Antonio. So the way it works is when you start a job with the buyer, the new company that bought the company, your seniority carries through. So your seniority automatically carries through. So on day one with the new company, you're a 13-year employee in your example. Now, that said, it's possible that the company, the new company, may have you sign an employment agreement, and in that employment agreement, they may have you give up some of your seniority. So you have to be very careful about that because you don't want to give that seniority, and here's why. So let's say uh, you sign an agreement that says I give up uh, my seniority or, or word to that effect, and let's fast forward a year later, they let you go. Well, at that point, then you may only be a one-year employee instead of a 14-year employee, which means you'll get a lot less severance. So seniority carries through automatically unless you sign a document that says otherwise. Have they asked you to sign a document? No, they have not. And and it's it, it was more the... The uh, the last year was um, the hours are getting shorter, and I've listened to you before that uh, if they start taking hours away from you or, or right. not giving you hours, it's it's basically they're they're not stating it, but they're inferring a dismissal. Um, you know, if they cut your hours from forty hours a week to ten or something like sure. that. And then say and say you don't we don't have much work. Meanwhile, the other guys are getting uh, their forty hours. You know. Something that's a constructive dismissal, of course. Yeah, exactly. So it was just it was just uh, it was more of an information gathering um, that I'm that I'm phoning about. But it's nice to know that it carries forward. And no, they have not asked me to sign anything. Um, but it's 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 good to know that it does carry forward. So that that was the only issue. If it, if a company does um, transfer ownership, they yes. should honor that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Your seniority follows through, so you're you're protected that way. 
Thank you, Antonio. Uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Phyllis, good evening. Good evening. Hi, Phyllis. What's your concern? Well, I haven't been dismissed as yet either, but things are being made very difficult for me at work. Uh, uh, I was, uh, you know, I had emotional stress from work and had to take uh, short-term disability last year. And after returning from my short-term disability, uh, they basically are not assigning any work to me. Uh, They're giving me administrative stuff to do when I'm a project manager. And then recently I was told that there is no work for me, and so my name was going to be put out to the company to see if anybody else has any work that they could cover my salary from that I would be, you know, farmed out, so to speak, to that person, to the individuals. And I'm just trying to find out what can I do about a situation like Hmm. this. Now, are you currently, Phyllis, getting paid your regular salary? I am, absolutely. Okay. And and I'm literally getting paid to do no work at all. Okay. Now, until and unless that changes, in other words, they if they decide to pay you less or give you a job that's completely different and, and not you know to the level that you were doing before, mm-hmm. if that were to happen, you have the option of treating that as a constructive dismissal and leave with severance. In the meantime, I think the only thing you can do is, is maintain the status quo. Something's going to happen soon. Yeah. Either they're going to find a position for you that makes sense, that pays you the same and you're happy with, or they're not going to find the position, or maybe the position is a lesser position, and yeah. at that point you can choose to accept it, or you can choose to leave with severance. If that happens, Phyllis, if they offer you a position that's lesser position from a compensation or a responsibility standpoint, give yeah. me a call. Uh, before you do anything, before you sign anything, before you uh, make any decisions, give me a call. Yeah. Let's talk about it and make sure that we know exactly what we have to do. Okay. Now, what about the situation whereby when I returned to work, my title was changed and nobody ever communicated that to me? How long ago was that? Oh, this is, just happened in December. So when I, okay. returned from, when I returned from short-term disability, you know, and then I was told, oh, you need to do this, you need to learn this, you need to do that. So I did that. I went on vacation, came back, and then they said, oh, you know what? Uh, we're assigning you to this person and they're gonna, they have lots of work, blah, blah, blah. And nothing was said about my title. It's only when my new manager was introducing people that I was being introduced with a different title. Phyllis, here's what I suggest. Because we have a bunch of calls we want to hope to get to before the end of the show, give me yeah. a call off air. Let's talk about that more. And let me, let me try to outline what your rights are and, and, and talk more about your situation that way. Phyllis, on number 1-855-821-5900. We'll get to more of your calls. Hang on the lines. And uh, we'll get to them after a short break here. Employment Hour continues. Talk Radio, AM 640. Got a few minutes left here. 416-870-6400, star 640. And Sal, we'll get to you. Mark, uh, good evening. How are you? Um, not bad. How are you this evening? Good, Mark. What's your concern, Lior? Is there? Um, uh, I'll give you a little bit of background, Lior. Uh, I was working at another company uh, back in December, and uh, I was approached by someone that I used to work for to come to work for him. So I left that position and went to work for him. Now, due to unseen, unforeseen circumstances, my daughter's been placed in my care, and she's too young to be at home by herself. Um, they've been pretty good helping me with, you know, picking her up and dropping her off at school, but. They're putting like um, things like they they want me to work start work at like late in the evening at five o'clock at night till ten or eleven o'clock at night now. Um, I don't know if they're they're doing it on purpose. If they are, and 
I say I can't do it and they fire me, like what, what, where do I stand with that? Now, the reason why... Three or four months, sorry. No, no problem. And the reason why you wouldn't be able to do it is because you have uh, the child care responsibilities? Yeah, I can't, I can't leave my, my young daughter. I can't drop her off at five o'clock or three o'clock at home and let her stay home alone till 11 o'clock at night. Absolutely. Okay, good. So here's the thing, Mark. An employer has a duty to accommodate, a strict duty to accommodate uh, when it comes to child care responsibilities. It's under the Human Rights Code. Now, that doesn't mean that they have the only responsibility and they have to figure it out. It means that you have to do your part and try to find an arrangement that makes sense. Now, if the only way you can meet your child care responsibilities is by them accommodating you and giving you a schedule that, 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 that works with that, then they have to do it. But you may have an obligation as well to see if there's other arrangements you can make, either uh, with, with a family member or some other uh, child care provider to help you out. So it comes down to whether or not you can meet those obligations in any way but their accommodation. But they can't simply say, too bad, that's your problem, we need you to come in at 5 p.m. and anything else uh, we don't care about. So if they, if they refuse to accommodate and, and you've tried to do your part, give me a call. It's possible that all they may need is a bit of a kick in the pants, or potentially, if it gets worse, we may have to look at it as a, as a human rights matter. But you certainly have rights and entitlements. Okay. All right. I really like working here, so I don't want to really stir things up, and I'm, I'm trying to figure something out. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mark, Mark. appreciate that. If, uh, if it gets down to that, the number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Hello, David. Hello. What's going on? Well, uh, I'm 60 years old. I've been working uh, as a senior sales rep. I make a pretty good income. company has uh, hired a couple of new sales reps, uh, basically half of what I make. They would love for me to to just retire and walk off into the sunset, and I would, I'd really love to go, but I don't want to go. I want them to pay me to mm-hmm. go. Sure. What do I do? So it, it's quite simple, David. What you do is you, you, you go to them and you say, Maybe it's time for us to talk about a mutual parting of the ways. Uh, and I'm not resigning, but if you guys want to talk about a, a way to mutually separate, I'm willing to listen. So you, you bring that up. The worst thing that can happen is they say no, and you, then you're exactly in the same position. No. But if they really want you gone uh, and, and you want to go, let's see if we can negotiate something. It may not necessarily be 100 cents on the dollar when it comes to severance, but hey, getting some severance is better than nothing. So I would, I would raise that with them as long as it's clear and you make it clear that you're not resigning, you're just open to have that discussion. Okay. Um, they, you know, they put me on probation. They've given me these obscure quotas ah, to make. Okay. Like they're doing, you know, they're setting So they're actually up. trying to push you out. Yes, very hard. Mm-hmm. Well, then that's, that's different. If you can show that they've, they've essentially engaged in this campaign to just push you out unreasonably, you may be able to give them what they want. You may be able to treat this as a constructive dismissal and leave with severance. And at that point, we're not up to, it's not up to them. We may be able to treat this. So because we're out of time here on the show and we're, we're going to have to go off air, give me a call at the office. I want to find out exactly what they've done to you in terms of the, the probation, etc. Because if it's legitimate, it's, sorry, if it's not legitimate, if it's nonsense, that absolutely could be a constructive dismissal. And then you can finally leave there and get your full severance. How long have you been there, David? Six years. Six years. And then in a sales position, 60 years old, well, guess what? You, you're probably looking at nine months' pay. 
Okay, thank you very much. No problem, David. Here's that number again, one 821 5900 Another good show, my friend. Just to run through it one more time for everybody, Severance Pay Calculator, right? Keep it on you. That's right. You lost your job, severancepaycalculator.com. We spoke to a few people today, and when we went through the analysis with them, you can do it on your own. If you lost your job or are worried about it, severancepaycalculator.com. Until next time, you know that number, one 821 5900 Get a hold of Liar. You have concerns after the show or anytime, use that number, the email, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Till next time, this has been the Employment Hour. It's right here, Talk Radio, AM 640.